is pro, and so we roll. Using procurement, program, and control. As a small biz pro, and so we grow. Using procurement, program, and control. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Business Zone with Chris and Gilbert Buchanan, your small business paramedic. And today, folks, we're going to have an amazing show. And Crystal, how are you doing? I am good. I, it's been a busy week because, you know, this is my time, right? It's, yes, it's, yes. It's my busy uh, tax season or, or, and you know, I don't do the tax part, but because the leading up to is so stressful that I can't do the tax part. So <laughs> I, I for, for, farm that out, but it's been a busy week trying to get people to send me their final documents and uh getting everybody done uh let's see i got four clients that are um that i gotta get the 1099s out so i've been trying to get the, everything done so that i can do that and yes. so it has been a wild crazy week in addition to classes i some in some days i had i was i was double classing i had class in the afternoon class late in the evening so this has been a a great uh, this has been a quite a busy week. Hey, Carlos, happy new year. How are you? Who is that? Is that Carlos, Carlos my man Garcia? Garcia? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Carlos, my man Garcia. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he missed both of us. Hope you had a happy holiday. Good to, good to see and hear from you again, Mr. Carlos. Yes, yes, it's um, yep. He says his two favorite peeps. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'll, I'll send you your check shortly, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, so it's been it was a busy week. How about yours? Oh man, this week um, I had to, I, I was working on the SBA community navigator program, which is going to be a big program that we're going to be running from the urban league. And it's supposed to be a two year program starting in December of last year. So a lot of small businesses who were impacted by COVID and uh, either threatened to close their business or, you know, having tough time obtaining financing, we're going to help them to rejuvenate. So we're, we're going to provide some coaching and some technical assistance to them, all of the businesses that are out there. So for all those small businesses that are listening to this program right now, those of you who are also viewing this program, this will be a great opportunity for you to do a tune-up on your business and revamp your business so you can go out there. Uh, be business ready, be contract ready, loan ready, and grant ready. That's what we're offering. So on the 27th of of uh, next week, 27th, the Thursday, uh -huh. Uh -huh. we're going to have a webinar which provides an overview of um, the grant programs that's coming up the, with Office Depot. They're having a second round and also okay. with the SBA program. So that's what I've been busy working on. And... Uh, uh, we've done a little flyer 
So I'll send it to you, Crystal. So you okay, can... yeah, we'll get it out there. Yeah, it's um, it is um, I I know we're still in the midst of the of the the plague, as somebody told me recently, yes. the pandemic. But we yes. still have to look at what life looks like afterwards. And, and yes. you know, um, uh, Car- uh, 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 Carlos says, folks, you are listening <laughs> to the best of the best in their own industry. Crystal and Gilbert are the real deal. And no, I'm not being paid to say that. We just love you, Carlos. <laughs> appreciate you, Carlos. Appreciate you, man. I really appreciate you, sir. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I was thinking. I was I was talking to um, um, my my colleague at Nifty today, and we were talking about uh, the future of business. And and I I think I had this conversation with several people yesterday on the fact that the one thing that the pandemic did for us it it let us see that um, we need to be do be doing bigger 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 high level businesses. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to. And there was a guy on 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 the community briefing yesterday. His name is Mark, uh, Melvin Lindsay, and this is a young, uh, you know, our age black guy who started yeah. a business. Um, actually, he didn't even look like he was going to have a business life. He was going to be an employee because some things right. happened in his family that um, forced him to to quit school and then go back to work just so he could help take care of his family some some health issues with his parents and so he had no no um that's all he could see was making sure that his parents were were going to be whole and uh but through connections and and mentors really guiding him he 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 finished his degree in economics and so I was so impressed with his conversation and his journey because today this man is um <clears throat> running a very high level acquisition company where assets yeah. and acquisitions and uh yeah. he has managed over seventy billion dollars. But so this was wow. a person that wasn't even sure what his future looked like, but what it but through mentors and my um and internships and just meeting the right people along the way, he was guided into this very amazing business. So he he worked on Wall Street, he worked for some very other high level companies, but now he actually has launched his own uh, company called Nile uh, Nile, as in the Egypt Nile uh, Capital Group, and just doing some just high level type of business. And I said to him. It would be so nice if our business community could think on that level. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, mm-hmm. When you look at doing a business, yeah, you have. We all have to start small, but that doesn't mean we have to stay small. It it just means that we need to educate, reinvest in ourselves to get the skill sets in order to be able to scale our business to the next level and not stay in the same place you were in when you first started your business. And and to be truthful, that's where most of our businesses are, right? They're in the same place they were when they started. See, this is what you and I have been talking about for years though, Crystal, that small businesses can no longer think informally. They got to think like formal businesses. They cannot Mm -hmm. think like transactional business, but more like contractual business. That means when you're thinking contract, there are certain documents you got to have in place to show compliance and show capability. 
So mm -hmm. to, to have the key documents you have to operate is helping you to elevate and operate on a higher level. And that's what we've been doing all these years. And, you know, it's a shame that small businesses' backs have to be put against a wall for them to really see now, oh, wow, what Crystal and Gilbert were saying was true. Now we really need to make sure we're in compliance, make sure we have all our documents at our fingertips, make sure we're ready, you know? Right. And it's, it's just sometimes it's just a little too late. Yeah. So, so I, 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 yeah, exactly. So when I was talking to Kenny this morning, I said, you know what? Um, in some cases for our businesses that have been around forever, I mean, we're not going to make any um, life changing, um, anything life changing for them, but the new businesses coming in, we should really uh, encourage, nudge, at making sure that they're not thinking just so, like you said, transactional, but start thinking contractual. So that mm -hmm. these businesses have to be set up properly um, mm -hmm. in the first place so that they're ready when an opportunity comes along. So in my trainings and education classes that when I'm teaching small on two small businesses, that's what I'm focusing is. Let's not think small. Let's mm -hmm. think, let's come out the gate with a mm -hmm. bigger vision, right? Yeah. And then then let's make sure that we have all the necessary paperwork and documentation in place. So when that opportunity comes, all you have to do is sign. If someone offers you an opportunity, you just sign on the dotted line, right? You and mm -hmm. I, somebody come to me with an, with, with an uh, uh, um, uh, uh, opportunity, it's like, okay, so when we, when we talking, but what dates are we talking? So the yeah. only thing I need to check is my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the only thing I need to do is make sure I'm available for the time. And if it's negotiable, that we can change the dates if I'm not available. That's all we need to do. And you the same way. You you yeah. have everything in place uh, that needs to be in place. So all you have to do is just react. Right. Yeah. So, so, so you know, we just need to, I think we just need to keep beating the drums until somebody start listening <laughs> well i will say this i have people calling me for quickbooks training now so i i didn't beat that drum loud enough <laughs> you know they say you know they say one of the rules of marketing right somebody has to hear something at least seven times before they respond so i guess your drum has been be beaten more than seven times. It, it, be, it, it was beaten more than 17 times. It was, <laughs> my drum that beat, I, I think there's a rule, oh, isn't there a rule of 29? <laughs> Carlos <laughs> said, bam. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the pandemic came along and the, and, the, and the grants and all those things came along. And that really helped uh re endorse the fact that they needed me so now i get people calling and persistently that's the great thing now it used to be i had to call and um now they they're calling me so and now i just have to find the time uh to get to you uh carla says seven times people should be should record it and hear it a hundred times <laughs> <laughs> that is right. so true man that is so yeah. true yeah yeah, boy. So, 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 so you've been you've been occupied with the women's business center. You've been occupied with um, tax preparation. Uh, 
You've been occupied with uh, Vermont Slauson also, right? I have, I have, yeah. and I've had. So you're just it, you're just this superwoman that a lot of people don't even realize, man. <laughs> I can't wait to do this interview with you in March because you are just so phenomenal. Oh, I'm make, cool. make sure I send you. I'll make sure I send you your cake by then. Okay. <laughs> you're so nice, co-host Steve Gable. Steve welcome to the Business Zone. Uh, everyone, you are tuned into the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We got a fantastic show uh, this today. You know, next month is Black History Month, and um, so we're going to kind of kick it off early because the guest that we have today represents one of the oldest Black organizations. Um, in the country, and they had such a significant impact uh, on the on the sport of tennis for Black people. And yes, Black people play tennis. And um, our guest today, <laughs> Robert Foster, is going to uh, tell you how much they play tennis. And this organization, the American Tennis Association, has been around for since 1916. That's a and long. Not, not only are we looking at this at tennis as an organization and um, an approach to uh, business, but we're also gonna look at it as a business for entrepreneurs to start looking into the aspect of tennis. So today we're taking a different approach on this whole thing. So, you know, you may hear people talking about tennis as sport, they're talking about activity. We're talking about it as a business, as well as all the other parts to it. So, and you know, it's interesting, because most of, so the American Tennis Association is a nonprofit. Uh, yeah. The tennis program that I, that I am the treasurer of, uh, a Pete Brown Junior Tennis Program, I'm going to tell you on a business, uh, from a business perspective, Gilbert. Yes. Be in order, in order for us to provide training and education for young and recruitment of young black tennis players or young uh, tennis players of color, I can't tell you the kind of work that goes in it too for, from a Pete Brown standpoint, because we doing, we're doing grants like every other week. Um, we have to come back and justify what we did with the money. We yeah. have coaches we, we're paying. Our program is 100% free. So that means we have to, for everything that goes on that court, for every coach, and we have 10 coaches, every one of them have to be paid and we have to have a revenue stream or donation stream that is taking care of that we have 159 kids on a court um throughout uh, and we have a a, a five day a week program so you have to be in business and you have to be doing it from a business aspect in order to run something like that and just, that's why that that's why I'm so happy that you that that we're doing this show today because we're giving a bird's eye view into the operation of tennis. A lot of people don't get it. A lot of people think, oh well, you just get a you go to Target or or Big Five and you get a racket and you get some balls and you get I some sneakers like and. <laughs> <laughs> and some shorts and you get out there and you start hitting no no that's not how it works so I, not from I, the business standpoint of it anyway not from no. the organizational standpoint so. no it's a business man 
it a is a business. It's a business, and uh, and it's it's a lot of work. So now the best part about this business is most of us that are in this in the nonprofit world of tennis, we absolutely love this sport, and we're donating our time to do this. We're not getting paid for this one. We mm-hmm. are donating our time, but we still have to operate as a business in order to receive the you know some lucrative grants that can actually help you grow your program. So I've been with my mind for a while, but we're going to bring on our guests and, and he's going to tell us all about his involvement with the American Tennis Association. He's a longtime tennis player and, um, and he has a financial background. So he was the perfect person to be. Perfect person to do with the business <laughs> yes. part of it. I think before we jump into that, Crystal, I think you should, uh, Give our listeners a little walkthrough and what our program is about and how they can subscribe and where they can find us. So the Business Zone is a weekly program that that broadcasts live every Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. You can catch us on, um, we stream live on Facebook and we stream live on YouTube. So you can go to either one of those trusty those channels and subscribe hit the subscribe button on the youtube channel and then you will have access and get notification on a weekly basis that we are about to come on you also get a notification about um a tuesday a wednesday or thursday on who our guest is going to be and we are also found on uh any of your favorite podcasting channels um on uh, in the itunes google podcast anywhere where you are listening to your podcast so go on over subscribe to us download our uh, um our shows we've been on the air this year will be six years in july so six years years already yes six years already and um to celebrate that we're on, online for six years, to be online for six years, we will have these great shirts uh, online right. on our YouTube channel. So another reason for you to go subscribe. So we want to help you turn your business nose into yeses. So this is our merch line, and you can go on over there. We got a couple other shirts, and I will put the link in the channel when I uh, edit it later on today. So with that, Gilbert, everyone, be Sit down, get comfortable, and let's bring on our guest. All right. <laughs> okay, as soon as I get my mouse to work. Hello, <laughs> Mr. Robert Foster. How are hey, you? Hey, guys. You guys, Hello. can you hear me? Yes, yes we, we can. can hear oh, you. Good, good, good. So, so, so nice to meet you, Gilbert. Crystal, I've known Crystal for a while through the Pete Brown uh, tennis uh, program, and it's just great that uh, you allowed me to come on here and talk a little bit. Beautiful, yeah, I'm beautiful. excited. Robert has been involved in tennis for a long time, and I met him a couple of years ago, and he kind of has the same utopia feel that I have for tennis, is why are we not all working together as one and supporting a sport that we absolutely love? And so he was trying to figure how how we bring all the tennis clubs and he's going to tell you how many tennis clubs that are out there how do we wow. bring us all together as one grouping of people and really uplift the sport uh, uh as it was back when Althea Gibson was playing and and um and all the other black folks that came along and and uh so we talked about that and 
And so that's how we kind of developed our, our little friendship here. And uh, it's been great. And this man, when he retired and he left the corporate world and now he is in the tennis world, every time I look up Gilbert, he is in some state with some young person that he is helping tutor and with a big, huge smile. I bet you, bet you, Robert, you didn't even have that smile when you worked. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, I know a lot of people, and I guess the entrepreneurs, you know, I've been in both worlds. I, I started uh, my accounting career uh, in public accounting at a firm called PricewaterhouseCoopers, very oh, yeah. large international firm. From there, uh, I wanted to be my own man, so I bought into a local uh, accounting firm, and we specialized in uh, nonprofit audits. They used to call them A133 audits um, yeah. and CETA program audits, and then yeah. I, I got into uh, auditing uh, contractors. And so from there, uh, you know, it was difficult. Uh, over a six-year period, I was I was I was having trouble. Uh, paying bills at home and keeping the doors open. So I ended up going to work uh, for Northrop Grumman uh, as a defense contractor where I was involved with uh, treasury and uh, uh, hedge accounting and international finance. And it was really, it was really a lot of fun. But being retired, the one thing I'm most happy about is that I don't have to worry about my performance evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about it is the performance evaluation were being conducted by Scrooges who didn't understand what you do. Now it's being now it's being conducted by the kids who really get the true value. So that's true. That's uh, but you know, I've I've been a tennis junkie for about 20 years. Uh, you know, I played USTA tournaments, gotten involved in, in, in tennis. And the one thing I always wanted to do was find a way to give back. Yeah. Uh, when I, I when I was a kid, I grew up in a single parent family. Uh, my mom raised us and there was always someone there or a program, the boys club or the YMCA, where there was always someone who wasn't getting paid, but would lend a helping hand to the kids. And, and yeah. you know, when I look at the Pete Brown uh, program and some of the other programs, when you look around the country, uh, the ATA, we have five sections. And within those sections, uh, you may have a, a 10 to 15 clubs in each section around the country. But what we want to do, and, you know, from the business aspect, when you look at the tennis industry, it's about a $6 billion industry. So when you talk about rackets, you talk about shoes, yeah. you talk about concessionaires who have courts, and yeah. then you have coaches. Yes. But we as the ATA, being the oldest African-American national sports organization since, 2000, uh, since 1916. And one other thing I want to add, we're the oldest diverse uh, um, entity because we're in the diversity when diversity wasn't always cool. That's true. That and, is so, true. and so now we're trying to grow, uh, expand uh, our network, you know, into brown, Asian, Filipino communities and disadvantaged white kids. So it's it's really a cultural and economic uh, sell that we're making, because when you look at the disadvantaged communities, uh, even though, as Crystal pointed out, we may have to go to seek resources outside of those communities to support those communities, those dollars will get recycled 
not necessarily always today, but in terms of the, the skill sets that these kids get on the, on the tennis courts. When you look at tennis, you're talking about cognitive skills, decision-making skills, sportsmanship. These will help their emotional intelligence. I guess in the educational world, you know, you're talking about uh, how to develop them. And so as we develop these young people and they move forward into, you know, the workforce, they have to go through the educational process. We give, we help provide scholarships to kids. We go into communities where kids uh, may need tennis shoes, uh, may need rackets. And so we want to be uh, active in that swim lane. Mm -hmm. And so Another thing I must I must mention is that we partner with the United States Tennis Association. Now, the United States Tennis Association is considered the governing body of tennis. And that happened, I think, in 1978 by statute by the United States Congress. Mm. Now, when you look at partnering, that is something that is really important from a business standpoint. When we look at revenue streams, or I won't call them don't uh, uh, funding streams, I'll call them yes. merchandising that you can do. One yes. thing we recently did, what our, our um, trademark, our, our our brand had not been registered federally, and I recommend that anyone in any form of business that has an intangible asset like their brand is to get it trademarked so that if they do any type of merchandising that can help them uh, with with the covering various other types of expenses in their organization. I uh, like that. You know, I'd like you to repeat that because a lot of a lot of business owners need to hear this because they don't think of the value of trademarking names, logos, and those types of things. So I would like you to repeat that yeah. because that's very valuable. Yeah, because a lot of times you may have a business and you may think that you're in a fishbowl, that your market, your exposure is limited, but that may be true today, but maybe not true tomorrow. Right. And by, by going and registering uh, getting your 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 brand trademark as you grow. If you don't um, register and get your trademark registered with the federal government and in your state, someone can look at your brand and go register, and then they own the rights to your brand, and you don't want that at all. Exactly, and on top of that, also. If it comes time for an exit strategy where you get to the point where you have to sell this business, right. that trademark and branding is worth something. It's It's yes. got a value to it. So all of these things, that's why we're looking at business in a 360 degree uh, format today. And, you know, looking at tennis as a business, we got to look at all of these things. So I'm happy you're bringing this up. Thank you so much. And, and the other thing uh, people must understand, and particularly small business, I know in the tennis industry, uh, we're insured because you could build even a nonprofit organization, you can build an asset. And even though the, uh, the, the liability might be limited, but you're, if you're not insured, your organization can be stripped. 
and if, mm-hmm. and and some and some people in the tennis industry are not are, are for profit. They should definitely make sure they have insurance, and that's the one area you don't want to skimp on is mm-hmm. having uh, liability covered. So that's the one thing that as we go through, we're about to go through our budget season uh, to finalize our budget uh, for 2022. As we get into uh, uh, tournament season, traveling, uh, we have to. Uh, come up with our budget. So we're working on that. And what what I recommend in terms of your budgeting, if you've been around a couple of years, just go in the prior year and look at those expenses and how the, the, the time phasing, I mean, over the periods of months and put them down and have your budget as a 12-month cycle as opposed to just one line item, one one column showing your budget. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we work with that because we have our national tournament, which is coming up July 25th in Orlando, Florida at the, uh, you know, at the National uh, U.S. Uh, TA Tennis uh, Campus. Uh, and Gilbert, we invite you to come down too, because I know okay. it's close. I'll definitely put it on my calendar. It's closer to Jamaica, so you know you'd be right there. <laughs> it's very close to Jamaica. And in fact, the, uh, I, I have their website up, and this is actually uh, the, um, the national um, event that took place in july in fact some of i see some of my kids from our program walking uh and we sent i think we sent 17 kids to the ata conference uh in that August was great in that, that year so and, and, a couple of our kids are there as well i mean you think i, I mean you talk about arthur ash you talk about athea gibson uh you talk about james blake uh, you talk about Coco Golf, who is out on on the uh, pro circuit now. Yes. Uh, they came through uh, this program. Also, uh, uh, Katrina Adams, who is just a recent former uh, CEO of the United States Tennis uh, Association and the first and, and, and only black female and pro tennis player to have that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, in partnership with the Southern California Tennis Association, we will have Katrina Adams out here in Los Angeles on April 24th, which is a Sunday at the Carson. I guess it used to be called the Home Depot Center, but is now called. Yes. Uh, uh, Carson. Yes. So we will have her there. And what we want to do is invite everyone in the Southern California area to come out. Katrina is going to hold a clinic for the kids. Uh, as well as autograph her latest uh, book, Owning the Arena. And so the other thing about tennis is that, and from a marketing standpoint, by us getting people like that in the community, we hope that we will be able to attract uh, dollars as well as through memberships and sponsorships. And I think the one thing I really want to stress, Gilbert, that I found in the nonprofit uh, world is that it is important to communicate with other like minds, other mm-hmm. organizations, because mm-hmm. you may not be able to flow uh, dollars, but you can flow information through each each other's network right. that will mm-hmm. attract potential mm-hmm. dollars yes. uh, 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 from unknown sources at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are we are really working on now. Uh, putting together a group of of people who have a desire to write and get a newsletter because I'm a digital newsletter, because we're understanding that communication on all the um, social media platform 
is 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 crucial today to any business. Yeah. So if you if you don't have a presence on social media, yeah. you're at a disadvantage right away. And the right type of uh, look, you want your your image to be representative of who you truly are authentically, as well as uh, you know have a look that is at least current. I'll put it that way. Right. I agree. I totally agree, man. And I love what you and Crystal are doing for these kids because the only other person I know that did something similar to what you guys did is a little guy named Richard Williams who had two <laughs> little girls. <laughs> two little girls who are trying to become pros. Uh, do you think they're pros yet? <laughs> well, I encourage everyone to go out and support that movie because uh, it has a fantastic uh, life lesson. Yes. And, and these are the things I think that when you look at our our youth and are they worth investing in? And that's the question I think when people say, why should I join the American Tennis Association? Or why should I join this church? Or yeah. show, why should I go over to Pete Brown? Yeah. You, know, you know, it's a matter of, are you, wanting to invest in the future and invest in an organization that where we have the cultural advantage historically of helping our neighbors. Right. That's really the key. So in, mm -hmm. in a sense, these these organizations like Pete Brown and I know there's the Badon Academy in Altadena. Uh, there's Kids in Tennis in Culver City. There's the Venus Serena's Academy. Uh, there's First Break, uh, you know, and there's, uh, I think there's the 40 Love Foundation, all of these organizations. What we want to do as the American Tennis Organization is to go into all the major cities and suburban cities and yes. to start linking them, us all together, yes. so that we will have visibility in terms of a national presence. Right. So that, uh, uh, as Chris was saying, sometimes we all, don't necessarily, you know, uh, speak the same language, or we all have uh, uh, different agendas or motivation. But the one thing that is central is to grow the, grow the game and to help our kids develop the right skills, right. Uh, 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 our cognitive skills, strategic skills, problem solving. That's one of the mm -hmm. things you get in tennis uh, that I think I really like, uh, because when you look at uh, someone playing doubles or you look at a kid playing singles, it is all about problems. Same with us old heads. When we get out there and play, it's, you know, it's, it's about problem solving. And as a kid is, as a kid is, is de developing uh, their arsenal of social skills, uh, the emotional intelligence, control, and, and being able to navigate uh, the world through problem solving, I can't think of anything much better than, than getting out and, and, and tennis, especially one that we can keep them off the streets. Yes, definitely. Uh, Robert, can you give us, so why, I mean, we have the United States, the USTA, the United States Tennis Association. Why was it necessary to have the American Tennis Association? In 1916, uh, there was segregation and segregation really didn't end uh, till about, you know, uh, 60 years ago. I mean, when you look at, when you look, and, I, and I'm talking about a public, public types of segregation that was sanctioned. Mm -hmm. So the United States Tennis Association, at that time, it was called the United States uh, Lawn and Tennis Association. Uh, we were not allowed uh, 
to to play in those those tournaments. Uh, you know, you had Jackie Robinson, you had a, 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 you had football, but it wasn't until the 50s, 1950s, that Athea Gibson was allowed to play uh, in those tournaments. And yeah. so it was just uh, it was just a, a sad chapter. Uh, mm -hmm. And so now you say, well, why should you continue uh, with that? Continue with the legacy uh, and the historical uh, richness and the culture is so that when you look at most organizations, churches, Gilbert, you and I may live in different parts of the city, but we may end up at that Baptist church or we may end up at that favorite restaurant because we're not talking racial, it's right. cultural. Yeah. We have a cultural uh, link that brings mm -hmm. us together. The yeah. ATA is that cultural link in these in, in these underserved communities. And so mm -hmm. what we want to do is stay there for them, be yeah. there for the kids, be there for the adults as well. And so, you know, you have kid, people involved in Jack and Jill, the links. You have the, uh, 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 the divine nine, the, 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 the um, sororities, the fraternities. That's culture. And right. so what we want to do is to continue with this culture and not let it die out. And, and, and back on the business, it takes money. It takes people being committed to reach out, touch others, to bring them in so that they can see the vision. Because if you do not, you know, if you don't have a vision, you really can't go anywhere. Right. Now, that, was a, long, that was a long answer to your question. <laughs> well, well culture, culture is a universal thing also, which includes everything, every aspect. So excluding some part of the culture is not really doing justice to the culture itself. You're leaving out certain parts. There are talents in every aspect of it, every corner you go. So when they're excluding certain race or ethnicities, you're not seeing true potential of all of the culture at, at its fullest. So that's another reason, you know, why in, being inclusive is so good. Yeah, I, I want to add one other thing to that, because when you look at our tournaments, we have a lot of white kids that come. And what that does, that exposes them to our culture in a yes. tennis setting yes. and they walk away with more friends. Yes. And so I and then when you look at the demographics of how this country and the world is growing. Yes. I think that we are in a good place. Uh, to grow something and educate people on not only the history, but, but on what we can do to help each other. And you mentioned earlier, sorry, Crystal, you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier about the Williams movie, right? For, mm -hmm. uh, King, King William, King Richard. King Richard right? uh -huh. So that right there, when that movie got released, that exposed a lot of different things, aspects to people who never knew anything about our culture, never knew anything about the Williamses. You know, so so that again, that's another reason why having the culture being inclusive is so amazing. Because you mentioned some of these white kids who are part of the program. Not only are they learning tennis from from your aspects, but they're also learning. The people, the kid, other kids that are there, the black kids learning their culture, why they do certain things, how they do certain things, how they train, you know, how they go. I was telling one of my clients today that when you're running 
a hundred yard sprint, right? The way the society is set up right now. So small businesses, we are set up at the starting line, but in front of us, 50 yards in front of us, we got obstacles, you got barbed wires, you got fences, you know? So it's gonna make it more difficult for us to get to the finish line. While the other groups, they get a 50 yard jump. So they're starting from the 50, 50 yard line while we have to start at the 100 yard line. And so in, in the sport of tennis, that's really true because most of the kids that, uh, the, the white kids that are in it, their parents may have tennis courts in the backyard exactly. or they belong to country clubs. Exactly. Our kids have to play in, in communities. Ours. Like ours is in the middle, right dead in the middle of a gang environment. Yes. And so here the kids have to get to the courts. In fact, um, yeah. Marty Woods, who's the, the director of our program, you know, he, he came from humble beginnings. And, and during that time, it was rough over at Harvard Park. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of the tennis that took place and a lot of the major uh, black tennis players that were playing in Los Angeles, that's where they were, right, Robert, yeah. over at Harvard yeah. Park. Yeah. I, both yeah. of them and, started and, out and, over there. Yeah. And so, you know, you figured that these people, especially when you talk about Marty. So Marty, here's someone that had a vision. You know, when Pete Brown, who started the program, uh, you know, Marty took the baton and now he's running with it. Yeah. And and, and what those are called servant leaders. Yeah. He's a mm -hmm. servant leader because, you know, I remember Dr. King, I, I think of this all the time because he says everyone can't be famous, right. but everyone right. can't be great because greatness is determined by service. Yeah. So I look I look at our communities as there's a lot of greatness there. It just has to be unleashed. Yes. And, you know, I, I want to hit back on this business thing you were talking about, because I know this is a business program. <laughs> uh, nonprofits may uh, be not uh, tax exempt, but you still have to file, you know, your 990s and your taxes. Yeah. So that you can maintain that exemption. And yeah. if you're a corporation, don't forget to file your state filings. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and and also when you go and you and you you know you get all of your 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 filings, you should keep down a list of dates that are important. Yeah. For example, uh, when you when I you know I told you that uh, we had registered you know our trademark. Well, five years and then ten years, you have to do something. You have to do some reporting. Yeah. So there's I think it is very important uh, for people to do that. Right. Yeah, we're true. Greg says a former colleague of his, which we probably know who that who that person is, uh, Greg, because the tennis is a very small world. <laughs> but um, he said that he was active in tennis and was a board appointed committee member at the USDA. So I'm sure Robert and I uh, probably know who that is. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Greg, Greg, we're very thankful. And, and Greg, we want to make sure that uh, you, uh, you our active uh, member of the ATA and the life member will be even better. You know, the thing, the thing, uh, 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 the thing uh, that I find is really good about your program here is that you're reaching people that may not even heard about this organization. And I really appreciate you, you know, yeah. giving us a platform to make people aware uh, who we are, what our mission is and all the fun we're having in helping people. Oh yeah. And, and so if just imagine if we could get 
another 15,000 people here. We're yeah. only about 2,000 members around the country. Think if we yeah. had another 15,000 people to give $30 a year. Just yeah. think about that. Yeah. Now, that's another uh, a form, I think, when we talk about generating resources, uh, that's why I said it's so important uh, for us to have opportunities like this to expand the network and to start formalizing and follow up afterwards, uh, reaching out to people so they know we are sincere about our, our, our actions and, and, and our mission. Talk about how many small, how many kids you have in the program right now and what, what do you do with them? Like uh, you may have a program in the summertime, springtime, whatever. Just talk about that, how many kids and what you do to prepare them in the tournaments that you guys have. All right. So we are at a level where we aren't we aren't in the uh, service providing. We yeah. support organizations. For example, uh -huh. uh, Pete Brown. If Pete Brown says, hey, we have some kids that need something, we will go and look for those resources. Oh. Uh, and let's say, for example, there was a, a couple of kids locally that needed shoes and needed tennis rackets. Well, they wrote to us. And since I'm here in Los Angeles, I actually knew. So we just want to validate uh, what's going on. What is the need there? When you look at the United States Tennis Association, they have a wonderful program called the NJTL program. Mm -hmm. And they help clubs that are NJTL members. They give them grants. However, what if you have a kid that happens to be in an NJTL program and he doesn't have any shoes? And he mm -hmm. needs them like next week. Well, they can call us and we can we can we can go online and have those shoes shipped directly to that kid. Mm -hmm. That's why we need support. For example, there were kids who went to a national tournament. The parents couldn't go. We got a call. So we went, we chaperoned, we paid to go be a chaperone, and we put money in these kids' pockets. Now, so these are examples of what the ATA, the ATA is not like a, 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 a program like Pete Ground, which is which is what you call a grassroots on the ground providing the service. They are the ones actually molding these kids. Mm -hmm. We are a national organization with relationships to our member clubs, and we're trying to be there uh, to have not only financial support, but we have webinar, like for example, one of the top tennis players, uh, Shelby Rogers. Uh, now, Shelby Rogers is a current, she's a white player. She was gracious enough to come on and do a webinar for us last month uh, and talked about mental health. These are things. Uh, we we got into uh, autism, uh, love, um, love, um, uh, um, love, um, love autism. We had them at our, our tournament. So that we're trying great. to expand. So you see, we are not boots on the ground. We are supportive of the clubs around the country, right? Like, like Pete Brown. When you look at where Pete Brown is, you have gang violence. So you have these people who are uh, who are there committing themselves to go to help these kids, irrespective yeah. of the neighborhood, and that's Very saying cool. something. Oh, yeah, it says a lot. <laughs> so what we're trying to do at the ATA is to be a, a, a conduit. 
Right. Where, we, where we can channel our resources mm -hmm. educationally and financially and socially yeah. to the communities. But what we need is to grow our membership base of like-minded uh, like-minded folks as yeah. well as sponsorship who have that and want to support that vision. So right. that is uh, the, the, the model. And the other part to help that model, as you talked about, Gilbert, is yeah. we have to have uh, branding. We have to be able to get our have a channel distribution of information channels to yeah. help us to get that out. That's where I think uh, our probably our biggest channel is to get people who have these skill sets mm -hmm. who come into the organization as members to give uh, a few hours a week to help with whatever they could be writing, communicating, whatever that skill set is. And right. the same with Pete Brown, the same with all of these grassroots organizations. If we become a stronger network, will be a very powerful financial force in terms of the nonprofit world. That's and that's how I got involved. I um I played tennis in college and um hadn't played in a long time because I kind of switched over to tennis, I mean to skiing, but I ran a program very much like uh uh Pete Brown's program. I had a grassroots ski ski program. So when I actually um my brother in law actually learned how to play tennis under Pete Brown. Um he was uh his he lived up the street from the park and so he came over and he was going to the pool and Pete Brown stuck a tennis racket in his hand and he and his brothers learned how to play tennis through that. Same way Marty, Marty also was on his way to the pool. Pete Brown pulled him to the side. But there were so many young black kids that came through tennis that Pete Brown did that for. So when I came around, I saw Marty and, and Dolores Simmons out there and they were doing their little thing. They had their kids over there. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And so as every week and I came out and all of a sudden, Coaches that have come through the Harvard Park, they all start coming over. Let me help you uh, get your serve together. So we, I, I'm a, I'm a potpourri of all the tennis coaches out there. <laughs> and so I saw that I had some. I saw what Marty and Dolores was doing, and I had some skill sets that I thought, mm, let me volunteer my time. So I, I'm, I do, I do graphics and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so we, over the I think we've been out there for seven years now. It evolved to finally we were uh, asked to sit on the board, my sister and I. And so we helped run that program. But all of us are volunteers. And But when you look at the little kids running around and, and the, sometimes the rackets are bigger than the kids, that is an awesome feeling. I had a little girl. I went to help with um, our quick starts. That's our grass, our little kids that just come in. So I went over to help the coach because there was so many of them over there. I went over to help them a couple of Saturdays ago. And they all, you know, little bitty things grabbing you around the legs. And so we, I, I supported them, handing them balls. So the next week I come, one of the little girls run up to me, Coach Crystal, Coach Crystal. And I said, hi, sweetheart, how are you? And she goes in her pocket and brings me out a note. And she goes, this is for you. And so I open it up. I was like, we lo I love you, Coach Crystal. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so amazing what these kids and, do. I mean, and then they're running around and they're all over the place. But again, we all do this because we love the sport. And yeah. just to watch yeah. the kids who, and our kids, you're absolutely Robert, right, Robert. Our kids, they might not have shoes. We give them tennis rackets. Um, 
we at the at Christmas time we give out uh, Christmas toys to about 2,500 Christmas mm-hmm. toys to the kids in the neighborhood. We feed the kid, we feed them. This weekend we are having a girl power uh, event where 40 girls and we got uh, consultants that are in health, fitness, and and mental wellness talking to the young girls about girl power and how to be strong. Uh, uh, tennis players and then strong women in general and to have a vision and a purpose. And so we are not just doing tennis. Most of us are doing programs that are exposing our kids to a very well-balanced, holistic uh, way of life. We have a STEM program coming up soon. Um, We have all kinds of amazing programs that are on the calendar for the next year. So it's not just tennis. But tennis is a major part of what we're doing. And it does make a difference because I know our program, We last year, five of our kids went to some major black colleges uh, in the country on a tennis scholarship. And so that takes work, right? That takes us helping them in. And so many other programs that are out there. And I will say when I went to the ATA uh, 200 year celebration, I was blown 100, away. 100, 100 years. I was blown away. We took 17 kids there. We all, we came back with 17 trophies, and the kids created such a bond. But I that there were over 200, 300 kids, 400 kids, I think, that were yeah, there, and we were 400 kids, and we were people and kids. Uh, we took uh, Katrina Scott. She uh, now playing pro, and Katrina played in the women's doubles. Uh, she was 13 years old. <laughs> in women's singles, she was 13 years old. Wore out 26-year-old women. And it was an amazing experience looking at our Black people doing and enjoying life just like everybody else on this planet. So it's, uh, that's what I say about these types of sports. They really build confidence and if it wasn't for those of us that are out there supporting them from a volunteer standpoint, um, you know, we're mentors for these kids. And Robert, Robert, I tell you, every time I open up my email, my Facebook page, Robert is somewhere mentoring someone and standing with them with his tennis racket. <laughs> I, I did want to add one other thing about this business aspect, and it's really critical. Okay. That, that if you don't have an accountant, you and you can afford a small package. They have these packages now that, you know, you that will create a general ledger or a trial balance. They'll spit it out. And worst case scenario, you can do you can go on YouTube and you can find where they have Excel programs where you can create uh, maybe a cash receipts journal, cash disbursement journal, where you're tracking that, and you can take that and give that to someone at mm-hmm. the end of the year. Having a general ledger is critical for any nonprofit, any business, but as a nonprofit organization, if you get to the point and you start applying for grants, they're only going to want to see uh, your financials. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to cut anybody out. I didn't want to cut you off, Crystal, but I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilbert had talked about the business aspect, but I thought there's nothing more uh, business than financial records. I think that I think that's that's a great pointer that you're giving there, because, again, many 
involved in these types of programs, they only think about the sports aspect, the activity aspect, but they're not thinking about the other segment that can help to generate funds in the business. Because for, like you say, if a sponsor or a grantor is going to provide information, they want to take a look at the financials. They want to see what's going on. So this is just amazing that you, you talked about this. This is really, this is giving that bird's eye view of the organization and, and, and the, the programs, you know, within that, that, that type of uh, entity. Yeah, now, because, go ahead. I was going to say there, there might be fundraisers that you have coming up, right? Yes, yes. We um, we are going to do, as I said, the one in April where we have Katrina Adams coming out here to uh, the Carson Tennis Center. Uh, we're going to have a membership drive there. Uh, our membership drive, uh, actually, we're going to raise our lifetime members from 400 to 500. So at, at that time, so if you want to get in now, now is the best time. Now is the time. But uh, we're going to raise our member. We're going to have it's going to be a membership drive uh, at Carson. Also, uh, nationally, we're going to continue with our webinars. We have webinars uh, planned for Black History Month where we talk about not just um, uh, uh, tennis, but the things that will help you either with your social skills, communicating skills, and mental health. And these are things that are very important to help people out you know, in terms of uh, trying to make sure that they are uh, grounded and that they know that there's someone there to support them um, you know, through challenges. Because when you look at kids on the tennis courts, you don't know what's really going through their head, the types That's of true. problems they're having. That's and true. So, so what we want to do is to be there to help them uh, from a mental health standpoint as well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love what you're doing. I love what Crystal is doing. Pete Brown. I just love all of those things, <laughs> man. Because I'm one of those. Um, uh, uh, I, I'm one of those servant leaders. <laughs> You know, I like to help. I go way beyond, way beyond the scope of what I need to do. I had a girlfriend who said, you know, all these people call you and you just volunteer your service for free. And, you know, what about the money? I said, well, the money will come because this is what I love to do. I love to help. So I get you. I get yeah. you. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, so, yeah, you guys can go on over. I'll put the, the website, uh, website for the American Tennis Association here yeah. in the uh, link. And you can become a member. And you can come out to Pete Brown. We're over at Harvard Park, uh, um, Hall, um, 1535 Harvard Boulevard. Uh, come on, Halldale, and come on over and play with us. We have a good time. We actually, you know, I don't think you, we've spoken, um, uh, Robert, but we actually now have an adult team. They played their first match on uh, last Sunday, and they actually have a match this weekend, Saturday, at Pete Brown uh, at the Harvard Park. So they're playing on Saturday, uh, as well as we have our Girl Power program that's going on. So Saturday is going to be action-packed from nine from 10 o'clock to 1130. We got a lot of stuff going on for the kids. So um, we have a probably about 40 adults, which are the parents oh, of that's the great. kids. 
So one of the things that we decided to do was in order to make sure that the kids were consistent and coming week after week after week was we got um, Marty suggested we get a coach just for the adults. And so the adults have their own coach as well as the kids. And so they start learning to play tennis. And they absolutely, in fact, some of them actually love it more than the kids do. They drag the kids there because <laughs> they want to play, which is cool. And uh, so we suggested that, that we asked them that they want to become, uh, that they want to play in tournaments as well. And they all ended up. So there's, I think, 30 of them now on the team. That's wonderful. And uh, Crystal, I'm so appreciative uh, what you guys do uh, at Pete Brown and and also the other uh, clubs I mentioned, you know, um, uh, you know, when you talk about well, all, those, uh, all those clubs are working so hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, and 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 I, I you know, I've I've been volunteering a little bit at the, the Badon Academy in Altadena and mm -hmm. I've committed to come to Pete Brown. <laughs> and give some time there. I I, I volunteer at the uh, uh, Venus and Serena Williams Academy, so I don't want to just be someone that 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 talks a good game. I want to be able to walk the walk too. <laughs> well, I, isn't it my understanding that you've gotten all your certifications, so you can do some coaching as well? Yes, yes. Um, we not all. I got the first level. I found okay. out that they're multi levels. So I oh yeah, they're I, multi levels. I'm, yeah, I, I have level one of uh, coaching certification and I am what they call safe play certified too. So um I'm 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 ready. And not only that, some of the kids I get a little kick off when they call you coach. <laughs> I know how. a little heady, isn't it? <laughs> and you know, Gilbert, for the ego. It does, <laughs> yeah. it does a lot for your ego. Yeah. Um, Gilbert, you talk about the business aspect of it. So Pete Brown is a uh, NJPL program, uh, a, a program as well. So the USPA has partnered with these organizations that are NJPL, and I think there's mm -hmm. 26 of them, uh, mm -hmm. with them. And in order to comply and apply for grants, we have to make sure that we're operating as a business. And mm. so they have these capacity programs that we are required to participate in on an annual basis. And everyone involved, some of the board members, uh, of course, the coaches, and as well as the um the directors, we have to go through these programs. Safe Play is one of those programs. Uh, if you have your, if you're working with the kids, we have to be, we have to go through background checks. We have to have fingerprints. We have to do all of that to make sure that our kids are safe. But also, we're doing the sexual harassment and uh, bullying, that, which is what Safe Play is. That's beautiful. And, and I like it that. does not allow you even to, and USTA has been awesome. They are developing programs and um, uh, 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 CRMs, um, client relationship management programs. And when you go in to insert your tournaments or your program, you it lets you know, oh, your coach is, is, is uh, his safe play or her, his or her safe play is expired before we can even let you this. Um, display this tournament they have to be they have to go in and make sure that they're they're in compliance so it forces us as a nonprofit organization i wish all nonprofits were forced to do that i wish there was some sort of compliance agency yeah. that allowed that made sure 
that you get everything, all your documentation and all your legalities and your compliance was in place. Uh, oh, but the good. USTA does require that from participating in JTL programs. I am so happy that you guys are talking about this because these things are not really known to the public. So by you and Robert talking about this right now, oh man, it is so like the bullying, the no bullying program and all these sexual harassment and all of these things. Those things are just so great because a lot of parents, they may want to participate and they're going, well, I don't know. You know, they're going to go to a certain neighborhood. They're going to go to this. Uh, I'm not sure if they have programs in place to prevent certain things from happening. So this is great that you're talking about this right now. Yeah, I wanted to add one other thing back on the uh, uh, the accounting. One thing is is uh, we found is really valuable is when you look at and you have and i don't know if everyone knows what a trial balance is but it's oh okay. yeah <laughs> but, I mean, we're all I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I mean all of the listeners but what what you should do is take and do comparative analysis yes each year and the nice thing about it if you are keeping your financial records quarterly Yes. Mm -hmm. If you have quarterly profit and loss statements, yes, you can compare quarter over quarter. Yes. That is, what did I do the first quarter last year compared to what I did two years ago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to start uh, your record keeping at the end of every year where all your only snapshot is annually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is something I'm telling you is very critical. Because yeah. you can find out the timing of, of, of disbursement, that the timing of funds, and mm -hmm. what you need to do from a strategic standpoint to modify the company or the organization's behavior to either increase or decrease uh, as you need. Exactly. Wow. And so, Robert, so my actual real job, <laughs> my, my, my paid work, <laughs> is that accounting, <laughs> financing, and so it's so funny that you said that because I uh, I'm doing year end for my clients right now, right? So yeah, yeah, I got trial balances coming out of my ears and I'm trying to get everybody uh, to get their 1099, get get all their 1099 finished. Right? Oh Lord, so, so you're, in the of, you're in the thick of it. <laughs> I'm in the thick of it right now. So I had a client I was over at the, their church, a nonprofit. And um, and it's so funny how I had got him as a client. I was doing managing the books and doing the accounting for a larger church that was in Inglewood, but up the street for him. Right. So he's a smaller church, smaller community family church. So he calls up to that church and he asks for their bookkeeper. So they pass it on to me. And I'm and I call and I answer. I say, "Hi, can I help you?" He says, "Yeah, are you the bookkeeper for for the church?" I say, "Yes, I am." He goes, "Could you do my books as well?" I went, "Huh?" <laughs> he said, "Cause I know that big church got what they're supposed to have, and that person knows what they're doing. I want to know if you can come down to my." This was ten years ago, so he's my client. So I have watched them grow. And uh, so this year, you know, because of the pandemic, right, he had asked me, and, and I'm not just a booker, I'm anything, anything he wants to know about, he calls me about wow. it. Wow. So, mm -hmm. so he called, he says, so I, and this was before the pandemic, he's, I want us to get our church online. I, how can we 
do online church as well. And I said, well, and I went over and I set it up. I helped, I had built their website for him. So, um, and I just love him. He's just awesome, Pastor Miles. So I, so it had a component where you could do his, his service online. Fast forward, we get to the pandemic. He's like, okay, well, if we can't have church, we're going straight in and doing all things online. He was so far ahead of the game. So, you know, I go in every two months to do their books for them. And so, you know, I usually do a comparison, like you said, right? So last week, this week, I went in, I was there for hours today um, doing everything, 1099s, and I did their year end. And I said, so I'm going to give you guys your your financial report for the year, and I'm going to compare it to the previous year. So when his wife saw it, she went, whoa, <laughs> they were a small church. They had some prayers that would go to God. All their bills were always paid. Now they're in such an amazing financial wellness that they don't even have to um, supplement anything about the church to pay. Church can pay his own mortgage. I, I teased him. I said, wow, look at this. We paid property tax in one check. <laughs> and, and he has a significant savings. And so, but it was because he's a very forward thinking and he realizes we're a nonprofit, but we're a business and we need to be doing everything that the big churches are doing. And I have my, he calls me his favorite bookkeeper in the world. I said, I'm your only bookkeeper, <laughs> but I'll take that. But that's critical for any organization. I think that we in the nonprofit world, and I, I'll say in the tennis world, sometimes we, we we get so caught up in the mission of service that yes. we fall short of doing things other than marketing yes. uh, for the business but from yes. the uh, non-revenue generating side the compliance side that will help us to be able to understand the marketplace and where we fit yeah exactly and, and it's so important and so to, to what Robert said, if you guys need, I do an actual four-week training on QuickBooks and another software called Wave. I teach you how uh, to uh, manage your books. I teach you how to use the software so that now you don't have to do it manually. Uh, you can actually do it through an accounting system. So if anybody's interested, I, I have a, I do that program with Vermont Slauson, and you can go into their website. It's a four-week program free to the participants. Um, long as they become clients of Vermont Blossom. And that's also not a cost factor, but what it does is it puts you into their roster. And when programs are coming up and monies and grants and things like that, and you need technical assistance, we're there for you. Uh, Gilbert is at the Los Angeles Urban League. He also has a technical, they have a technical assistant program. I'm a, I'm a consultant over there as well. So you, they, the resources are out there, Robert. They just have to want to want them. But all of our community-based organizations are here to help businesses do better and do be better business people, do better business and be ready uh, for whatever opportunities that are going to arise. And, and they don't have to scramble. Greg Sneed no. said, Greg Sneed said a trial balance is when you put your balance on trial. 
Greg said he also worked at Pross Waterhouse. I, in fact, Greg is an accountant as well. His name yeah. is Greg. Hey, yeah, I, I was there uh, in 1981, 82, 83. Okay. And I think, Greg, you were in New York at that time, weren't you? This is great, man. This yeah, is great. I, I was, uh, you know, there was a guy um uh there he was the only um uh, uh, uh what is don's last thing he's the only uh, uh, african-american partner and we used to all look up to him like he was jesus walking on water uh, so uh, greg was there from 79 to 83. yeah, yeah i was in the la office on sixth street don dyer you're right don dyer greg and uh, <laughs> hey, greg you probably know george cole george cole has passed away george and i uh, we came in together, uh, but uh, those were those were some good times, and uh, I'm telling you, I, I'm so glad I'm no longer. I'm. I, I'm. I, oh yeah, Rod, uh, Rod Mayo. Yeah. Yeah, Rod. Rod is actually out here doing his thing. Who is he? He has this. He's worked with the city for a long time, but now I think he's with a bank. I believe. Well, it, it, felt, it, 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 it felt so good no longer to be in the in, in the business of accountability. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, hey, Crystal's still in that business. Well, hey, well, she got a calendar. She got a calendar. She said, oh, I got to make sure I make that, meet that mark. That's right. Yeah. But she, she's still there. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, so I work on the perimeters of the corporate world. <laughs> I only have to be accountable to myself and yeah. to my my clients. Uh, uh, Greg was in That's the Manhattan right. office. Yeah, uh, and I hope a rod, a rod pass. Uh, but I hope Don Dyer is still around. I, I got to talk about, talk about culture. So here we are um, in the office, and you know, uh, Don was pretty conservative, had that Southern Texas draw. But you know, yeah, and then so I, Don invited me to his church, and so we end up going over. I mean, deep near the projects over there, uh, um, uh, Drew Hospital. Okay. And it was a little church. And I would have thought uh, maybe Don would have been at first AME. Now, this guy's a partner. And, <laughs> and there he is in this little church. So that let me, that, I, I learned a lesson then that, uh, you know, it is important to know that people who are servant leaders, they go anywhere uh, where they're led. And it has yeah, nothing yeah. to do with uh, uh, materialism or, you know, what where they work. Yeah. It's where it's yeah. where they're needed, and that right. that was Don Dyer, and I really I really miss Don. Don uh, Don was a great guy, or is a great guy. I hope. <laughs> I think he's, uh, Greg is he still alive? I thought he was. Because Greg, Greg's been back for a while. He 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 jumps between the East Coast and the West Coast, but he's been here for a while. Well, Robert, but no, it has. But, been but for those of you who are just tuning in, this is the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We're on every Friday from 3 to 4.30. <laughs> and we want to do a shout out and thanks the folks who are viewing and listening right now, especially Lori Frazier, uh, Greg Sneed, my man, Mr. Carlos uh, Garcia, and um, our very special guest today, Mr. Robert... Um, uh, Robert, what's Foster? 
Mr. Robert Fossa, there you go, there you go. I, I, I'm gonna ask for your forgiveness, forgiveness, Robert, because I had COVID a few weeks ago. So yeah. one of the things that COVID does, it takes away your memory. So, That's you know. okay, Greg. We'll punish you what, by having to go over and help out the Pete Brown uh, uh, crew for a week. <laughs> and actually, Gilbert plays tennis as well. Yeah, I love it. Gilbert, you got to go over and help out. I love tennis, man. I love it. Now you're you're out in Pasadena. What, what's yeah. the program in Pasadena? Alhambra, Pasadena area. Yes. All right, you can go over to the Badan Tennis Center. Uh, Veronica Badan has a wonderful program uh, uh, over at John Muir High School. Oh, okay. And uh, so, uh, and so, she can use all the help. Uh, she all can right. So, Veronica Badan. Yes. Yes. Good. Good people. And uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on today. I really appreciate you guys. You know, I'm so grateful. And and Krista, you know what I feel, how I feel about you. I just love you and what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, at Pete Brown. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're, you know, we're we're starting uh, Black History Month early. I'm gonna give it. I'm giving it two more weeks. <laughs> so, so, uh, so you're the kickoff for our Black History Month, and and the ATA and the American Tennis Association, which has been here for 104 years, uh, is it represents that history. Um, because it represents some great tennis players. Serena and Venus are not the first black tennis players. <laughs> there are so many more. You guys should go over to their website and check out their history uh, and some of the pictures that are over there and some of the great tennis players that actually came through that through the ATA. And it was my understanding because of when I, this is what I learned when I went to um, uh, the the. Um, the hundred year celebration was that uh, years ago, uh, if you won um, at the ATA, if you were a black tennis player, you actually got a buy-in to yeah. the open. Yeah, yeah, that 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 stopped about twenty years ago. Uh, the, I guess there was a a, a a question of was it still needed, and <laughs> what happened was. You had a lot of kids going through HBCUs, but then you had more of these foreign white kids who were on the, the, the tennis team. They came in and got the seat, got the, got the, uh, may have won the tournament, the ATA tournament. And oh. then moved on. So what, what, what I feel now that sports is a, is a, is a meritocracy. So right. I don't care what color they are. If the yeah. UST is willing us to give us that entry fee, let us have it because it helps the it helps us as an organization expand our visibility. Yes. So uh, we'll be talking with them uh, uh, in the future. They may not give us a seat into or uh, to the main draw, maybe into as a, the, the qualifiers or maybe some of the other tournaments. But Crystal, that is something we are working on. We're aware of it, uh, so we're moving forward uh, with our partners at the USTA, and we'll be we'll be on them like a cheap suit. Well, that's a good I, I, thing because because if you look at the overall scope of tennis, it's still you got a sprinkle of chocolate throughout there, but it ain't it, it, it's not balanced. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Uh, well, that's because tennis is a is a tough game when you look at the cost because yeah. people who are who are trying to go professional, uh, no one pays their flight fare, their hotel fees. They have it's to win. It's like golf. 
golf yeah, and yeah. tennis, those are those are tough ones to to, yeah. to be a professional in. And that's yeah. why organizations like the ATA, the USTA, but I'm thinking more so us, the ATA. If yeah. we can galvanize our community to say, we want to go and help some of our, our, our people in our community to, to, to pursue their goals. They may not make it, but we want to be there on that train helping them pursue it. Robert, no, you, you right. certainly shine a light on a lot of what the ATA is about today because I didn't know some of the crystal probably knew this because she's closer to the kitchen, you know, so to speak. So she she knows what's cooking. But yeah, uh, I, you know, I learned quite a bit from you, man. And this is amazing for you to come on this show. We're definitely gonna have you come back. And again, the show is about tennis as a business, as well as other aspect of it, the 360 degree of tennis. Yeah, and, and Crystal, make sure uh, Gilbert has that link so he can join the ATA too. Oh, yeah. I will make sure oh, he gets yeah. that link. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's now a that you didn't told him where he can go play tennis closer to home, because I could right. come down to the hood to play. I, I, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna check out that John Muir High School in Veronica. Yeah, and, and she also has, she's in uh, up on Altadena Drive too. There's a park up there too. Yes, I'm and, definitely gonna check because I've been. I, I needed to do some physical activity after I got out of the hospital, right. and I can't find anyone in like mine who is into tennis. It's like all of the people I check with is like either they're too old or they're not into tennis. So I'm yeah. glad to hear this. Right Actually, now. Leo Kablai plays tennis, and he lives in Altadena. Really? Uh-huh. I, I, in fact, after I get off the, the show today, I have to call him. But he plays right. tennis. I'm going to have to speak him out. <laughs> yeah. I Crystal, Crystal, can you put the link? Can you put this link for the, um, the ATA up here in the caption so the viewers can see it and yeah. check it out also? I know you have it in the chat, but... There we go, guys. So this is where you go join um, and become a member. It is worth it. It doesn't cost. It will not break your bank. Twenty five dollars for um, for a year. Oh, we got. Yeah, it's uh, for juniors. It's fifteen dollars. Uh, for adults, it's twenty five dollars. And this these fees may be going up. Yeah. And then if you're family, you can do a family uh, membership at sixty dollars, and then you have your sectional member. So I I believe I bought a an adult membership for yeah. two years and thank and, you yeah thank i got mine already my family got theirs so yeah because yeah, guys what we're trying to do is 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 build a culture of giving where we receive only as a conduit in a restricted fund where it's going right back out to, to yeah. the kid what You're we have to do as a as the ata we have to do a better job of communicating what it is we're doing yeah. The problem is when you have so few of us doing all the work, we're yeah. trying to get more people in that yeah. said, oh, yeah, I can write. I'm a writer. The problem is we can't put all the burden on everybody right. because right. everybody gets burned out then. And we don't right. want right. to burn people out. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. You have been awesome, Mr. Foster. And we're looking forward to the membership drive. Of course, send the flyers over to me. Uh, we'll make sure we get them out there as well. Um, I met Katrina when I when I went to the ATA um, in uh, for the hundred year celebration. Also, Richard uh, Williams was there. My my good friend Kelvin Brown, who's a coach out in Carson, uh, he's good friends with Richard um, uh, Williams. So he introduced us all. We all took pictures with him, and uh, and uh, so it was pretty cool. 
So we have oh. to first, and, and Marty knows everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So Greg, Greg is saying when you legitimately need a rocket. Why, why are you saying, Greg? Are you trying to say I need a rocket before I can get out there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you were talking about we having the conversation we were having. But thank you so much, Robert. It's been a fantastic show. Uh, it is airing on, it is broadcast live on Facebook, but I'm going to make sure it goes on the Pete Brown Facebook page and where all the tennis players hang out and it will be on LinkedIn and it goes into the podcast channels uh, tomorrow. So everybody's going to hear about the American Tennis Association. And Robert, when, when you're in town again, Robert, we're going to have to go have some Jamaican food. So you let me know. You want water. Water. Hot water. Well, I'm going, man. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert has his favorite uh, little, little Kingston over on Slauson. Yes, um, I know. I know Gregory likes it too. So if he's available, we can go four of us and have some Jamaican food. Hey, man, and put on put on, put on some uh, reggae music. That's right, baby. <laughs> That's right. You already got you already got the tan, man. You're ready to go. <laughs> hey, put take me to Sunsplash. All right. <laughs> so, so, so Robert, if you stay around for a few minutes as we sign off, you'll hear Gil Gilbert is also a Jamaican. Uh, he was a Jamaican a song, <laughs> a bird. Wow. And so our, our, our theme song and our entry and outro is Gilbert singing, and he wrote the lyrics to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Gilbert, you want to take us out? Yep, I'll take you out. Here we go. <laughs> As a small biz pro, I saw we roll. Using procurement, program, and control. As a small biz pro, I saw we grow. Using procurement, program, and control. I'm a business man. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur.